0: I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today, in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's Morning Bible Study. We're in Exodus chapter 17. We finally made it out of 16. We're in Exodus chapter 17. And to get started, I need to give you a little bit of background about myself, as far as my theological or spiritual or church. A lot of times we'll call that my church background. It is. It's important because this principle that we're going to talk about today, and it'll be a principle that I'll use an illustration that I'll use regularly from from now on because it's uh, it's a fundamental principle of pastoring, I think, and a fundamental pr- principle of leadership in the church and a fundamental understanding of the salvific process. First of all, I grew up Baptist. I was a Baptist boy. My dad's side of the family was Baptist. My dad's father was a Baptist deacon. My father was a Baptist deacon. My dad was a Baptist deacon. Later on, he uh, he went to a little bit of a charismatic church after I was grown, And eventually he got really heavy into the home church movement. My mother's side of the family was Methodist. And so I had a little bit of Methodist flavor, a little bit of that old time Methodist flavor, the, the, the Wesleyan flavor as far as evangelism and the fire of God moving among these people. And so I had that. Also, I went to a Baptist seminary, and my first my, my first church that I was on staff at was a Baptist church. Graduated with a master's degree from a Baptist seminary. Actually, I uh, Princeton used to be a used to be a Presbyterian school. They I know they claim to be that anymore, but I'm not sure that they can claim that at all. Now, in fact, I'm not sure that the Presbyterians, especially the PCA's want to claim them anymore anyway and i have that background and that's important for me a little bit because as far as the way i see church governance and and i actually have a very strong inclination toward systematic theology, although I'm not very systematic in my way of pastoring or thinking about it. I just love to hear, especially folks like William Lane Craig, although he's a Baptist, I love to hear them talk about systematic theology and especially apologetics and just dealing with thinking through exactly how to explain uh the bible and god's word to a lost and dying world and so i i enjoy that i've got that flavor while i was in college i started out and i first two years i went to a charismatic church and then I went to a, a Baptist church when I got married up there for about a year and a half. And then when I came back, like I said, I went to a Baptist church, Baptist seminary. My first pastorate was at a coastal church. It was a Pentecostal Baptist. It was a charismatic Baptist church. Came back and was on staff at a at the same church I started at as a youth minister. And then finally started a church and it was non-denominational and that probably fits me the best just because I'm like I said I should like I said earlier I'm a little bit of a spiritual mutt but my Church governance and my thoughts about just theology and how to systematize it, how to put it together, is very Presbyterian. I have that Baptist Bible and evangelism background. I also have a little bit of that Methodist evangelism background that permeates me. And then, of course, I have a strong charismatic flavor. And, and I know I deal with pastors. We have a, a pastoral group that meets together here in our area. It's an ecumenical group. What does that mean? It's a group of pastors from different theological backgrounds, different denominations or non-denominations. And I, I identify with all those guys and see where they're coming from, just because I have a background in most of where they're at, and I know what's going on, and I can empathize with the struggles that each area has and where that's at. And so that's important. It's important to see that and understand that, because ultimately what matters, and as far as leadership is concerned, as far as the church, and far as, as far as what we're to be doing, there is a primary understanding that has to be the kind of the bedrock, the fundamental of how we disciple people and how we grow the church. And and the way we do that is that the Holy Spirit builds in us strong fundamental relationship with God and a fundamental relationship with, with the word of God, which is Jesus himself. And the Holy Spirit's got to be real important in that. And that's where I get that charismatic flavor. The Holy Spirit, you've got to walk with the Holy Spirit because he's our counselor. He's our paraclete, but there's a fundamental Understanding that has to be gained from that because the picture of water in scripture is a picture of the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. But <clears throat> it's important that you understand this idea the water comes from the rock, okay? The water comes from the rock. And understanding that principle in your mind is important because the holy spirit does amazing work in our lives the holy spirit ignites ignites our spiritual gifts and allows us to operate in our giftings and our and empower our giftings but the cleansing work that our giftings brings about the cleansing work that our our church is about as far as the people of this world. And when I say cleansing, I'm talking about salvific. I'm talking about salvation work. That means changing the hearts and minds of people from their own will to God's will. That's That starts at conversion, and it carries on through the whole life. It's a process, and that process is the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. But the water that is used to do that, the substance, the thing that causes us to be washed and cleansed is the water, and it comes from the rock. It comes from the rock. And so you need to see that. Let's talk about this. It says, then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandments of the Lord. And they camped in Fittim, and by the way, there's just that that really messes me up when I see that. But there was no water for the people to drink. And if you actually uh look up or fit them, and there's pictures of that in the in the Arabian Peninsula, that area, if you look at it and see that, you'll see that it's barren. It's really there there's no water there. That and it doesn't look like there's Maybe ever been any water there. But it says, therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. Notice they contend with Moses, and that is a, a beseeching, it's a battle, it's a coming together, it's a loggerheads, it's a fight, it's an argument. They have they they have words with Moses. They're upset with Moses. And let me tell you something. As far as just life is concerned, without water, you're dead. And I want you to hear me. Without spiritual water, your spiritual walk is dead. You will become dry and you will become worthless in the kingdom of God without spiritual water. There is no question about that. If you do not drink from the well that wells up in you, eternal life, you will be dry and you will eventually spiritually... You'll have no life force in you. Now, I don't believe that you can spiritually die twice. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you can become so so parched, thirsty, listless in your spiritual walk because you have not been drinking from the well of water. You've not been drinking the water that God provides you. You can be just, you can be wandering out there and saying, I'm a Christian, but have no recognition of it. As far as the way your life is lived, have no recognition of it and the way your thoughts lead you during the day. <clears throat> that can happen all the time. That happens all the time as, we're, as you're going through life. If you're not drinking from the water and the water, I'm going to say it again, comes from the rock. Okay. The water comes from the rock. It says, therefore, the people contended with Moses. So Moses said to them, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? Meaning, why are you fighting with me? I'm just doing what God's told us to do. And by the way, you see that in verse one, he said they they went out into the wilderness of sin according to the commandments of the Lord. So Moses is saying, I'm leading you the way God told me to lead you. And by the way, for you got people out there that want to be in church leadership, want to be pastors, want to be leaders in the kingdom of God. And by the way, we have a lot of those who will listen to this Bible study. I want you to hear me today. <clears throat> you've got to do what God's told you to do you got to lead the way God tells us to lead okay that's important but in the process of that you're gonna you're gonna have some contention with the people because if you don't give them this and this is important if you don't give them this they're going to be contentious with you and that is you've got to give them the water you got to give them the water and the water comes from the rock okay it says and the people thirst thirst thirsted there for water, for me to say, and the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And limit, listen, that's a legitimate question. You can't live without water. You can't live a physical life without physical water. You can't live a spiritual life without spiritual water. There's no way to do it either, either way. You gotta have the water first. And by the way, did I say this before? The water comes from the rock, okay? All right. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take you, some of the elders of Israel. Also, take in your hand, your rod with you, with which you struck the river and go. Notice he's hearkening back that rod that they placed in the, they struck the Nile River and made it blood. He says, Notice, I want you to go with the elders. So we understand this is a leadership issue. He says, I want you to go before the people. Obviously, another picture of leadership right there. He says, I want you to I want you to take that rod. I want you to go with the elders. I want you to go before the people, and I want you to use that rod. And remember that rod for Moses was his spiritual power. It's his spiritual gift. It was the he was to take that rod and use it as a physical representation of the power of God at work in his life. So we've got the elders, we've got him leading, we've got the power of God in his life. That means, I think for him, that was a picture of his spiritual giftedness. You have a rod yourself, you have spiritual gifts, gift a spiritual gift or gifts that god has given you and you need to be operating in those gifts by the way and if you want to be in leadership you've got to operate in those gifts okay if you want to be in leadership you've got to operate in those gifts so if so as we're studying this and we understand this he said behold i will stand before you there on the rock of horror and there's a split rock there Near the Bunk Mountain, near the mountain where they believe Sinai is. Now, it could be that. It could not be. But that rock is split. There is a split rock there, a huge rock out of the ground, up in a fairly high place that would have been above where the people would have stood. And it is split right down the middle. It's pretty neat. You can actually look that up there, too. Look up the Rock of horde on the Internet, and that'll come up. And there's some question as to whether that's that or not. I don't really care. That's not important. What's important is there is a rock of Horb, And by the way, the rock of Horb is Jesus. Jesus is the rock, okay? Jesus is the rock. And uh, we see that in the New Testament. That's a teaching of the New Testament that Jesus is this rock. He is this rock. He is the source of the water because the water comes from the rock. And the water, which is the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit, has to come from God's word. Okay? If you're a denomination that that strays from God's word, you're going to die. You're going to you're going to be split asunder and die. And we've seen that happen over the last 30, 40 years in our spiritual journey as Americans. We have seen denominations die because they've wavered from God's word. We've seen churches die because they've wavered from God's word. And even though we haven't seen that in the church that I mainly grew up in, it is a big problem. It's a growing problem in that church because there are those, especially from one seminary and maybe even two, that are buying in to some of this modern culture that is permeating our country and they're beginning to buy into liberation theology and its outgrowth over the last 40 years. And the truth is, rather than teaching God's Word and holding true to God's Word, they've wandered off into social welfare programs and things like that, which, by the way, uh, may help for a moment for some people. But the truth is, the only thing that saves, the only thing that saves is Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that saves, and our work is to shepherd souls. It's not to... Fix society, and in fact, that's where the Methodists began to go astray in the 1960s and 70s. They began to worry more about being a part of social programs rather than being a part of teaching God's word, and that's why they find themselves in the position they are in now. And it's a difficult position, and I and my heart goes out to those who are struggling with that. But you need to understand that the water comes from the rock. The water comes from the rock, and if you want to be a leader of God's people, you've got to learn to give God's people the water because they need it. They need the water. And the water is the washing or the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. And that can only be done by God's word because the water in essence, listen to me, the water in essence is God's word and the bible even teaches us that in corinthians when it talks about husbands loving your wives and it talks about that we're to cleanse them and wash them which is a picture of jesus washing the church and we wash them in the word of god is the water and the holy spirit uses that water the cleansing work of the holy spirit the holy spirit uses the word of god to cleanse his people and to prepare them to do and to be god's people and without the water Without you using the water, you can't be a leader in God's church. You can't be. The church that you lead will become stale and dry and dead. And if, you're, if you want to lead, and I'm not just talking about pastors. I'm talking about people, elders. I'm talking about people who are in min, high ministry positions. If you're a women's pastor, a children's pastor, a youth pastor, and by the way, I do use the word pastor because if you're leading people, you are pastoring them. You're using the spiritual gift of pastoring. If you are one of those people, you need to hold firm to God's word hold firm to God's word, not that we can talk about theological understandings and all that kind of stuff, argue about this and that, about what the Bible teaches about this over here and that over there. That's fine. And if you want to have those discussions, you can have those discussions. I love to have them, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is that God's people need to be led to the trough of God's word regularly. They need to eat from the table of God's word. They need to eat the bread of life. They need to drink the water, which comes from the rock. And they need to have that regularly on a daily basis. The focus of the church, listen to me, the focus of the church is not social welfare. The focus of the church is not experiencing miracles. And I'm, I, listen, I'm talking to everybody here today. Okay. Do I believe miracles still happen? Absolutely. Do I believe all the spiritual gifts are in operation today? Absolutely. But the church is not about experiencing miracles. The church is not about, doing social work in the community. Can the church do those things? Yeah. Is there anything wrong with those things? No, there's nothing wrong with those things. The church is not about taking care of children during the week with daycare. Can the church have a daycare? Yeah. Yeah. It's good work. Can the church have a school? Yeah. Teaching children. Great things to do. And by the way, I believe in doing ministry in the community. I think that if you, anybody who knows anything about me knows I am all for ministry in the community. I love parachurch organizations that can do things that maybe the church can't quite do in the community. I love all that stuff. I love missions. I love, I mean, I love it. I love all that stuff. But there's one primary thing that the church has to do for the church to be alive, for the church to live and for the leaders of the church to live. And that one thing is to give God's people his water and his word. And without that, let me say this, without that, the church will die. It will die. And there's nothing wrong. And Moses told the Lord, what shall I do with these people? They're almost ready to stone me. Why? Because they're not. He didn't give them water. So God told him, go there on that rock. I'm going to go out before you take the leaders, take your spiritual gifts, and you strike that rock, and the water will come out of it that the people may drink. What he's saying is, I'm going to let you be the one that gives them the water. And that's what leadership in the church is all about, is we're supposed to give them the water. We're supposed to give them the water to drink. When we're doing it in the the worship time, the worship should be based off of giving the water out. When we're doing ministry out in the community, it should be based on giving the water out. OK, when we're when we're doing small groups or when we're doing ministry by age or by sex or things like that, children, youth, men's ministry, women's, all those things. We do a lot of do- different things and unique things that that touch and reach those different groups of people. But where does the water got to come from? It's Got to come from the rock. Do you hear what I said? The water has to come from the rock and the rock is Jesus Christ and the water is the flowing of his word to his people. And you have to be about giving that. And if you're in a church that's struggling and a church that's having difficulty and you're a leader in that church, I would say to you, are you focused mainly on the water coming out of the rock to God's people? If you are, you're going to see better days or you're gonna see stronger days or you're gonna see God deal with the issues that you have. If you're not, well, you're you're gonna struggle. And if you're, if the primary focus is what you do is God's word is Jesus himself. Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son of God, full of grace and truth. If you are, if you are giving them the only begotten son of God, Jesus himself through his word, you're doing your job. You're doing your job and you're, and then once you do that, you help them learn how to operate in all of the truths that they gain from that, you're doing your job. And that's the primary and first thing you need to do. And from now on, when I say the water comes from the rock, what does that mean? That means that God's word comes from Jesus himself. And it's the primary first thing that must be given for life to happen. And it's gotta be given. The Holy Spirit can sweeten up that word. I believe you can see that picture when we the bitter waters, they came to the bitter waters at Mara. Uh, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit can sweeten that word and prepare it so that you can understand it. But you've got to first understand that the leaders of God's people have to give God's people God's word from the rock. And if we do that, we do well. If we don't do that, there's nothing that we can do well.